0: I dug up a secret Buried in shifting sand Stumbled into a mystery Hidden by the high command Guess who the trigger
1: This week on Anthony Rex Pod, I have uh, esteemed uh, poster and uh, perfume nationalist contributor, uh, PFG, on the show. Um, and we're going to talk about his uh, favorite and uh, rex, hidden gems, uh, Westerns. How are you, PFG?
2: I'm good. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. I've been looking forward to this. Um, so it's uh, not as late in the day where you're at as I am, but I I, uh, I have a, I have an Aperol spritz because I figured we're, we got PFG in the house. It's Saturday night. We're whooping it up. Um, so yeah. So, <laughs> So I actually, it's not an Aperol spritz. It's a Aperol spritz light with it means no, uh, <laughs> no, uh, whatever. Sorry. I forget what the other app ingredient is besides Aperol because I'm podcasting. I can't think, um, but yeah, it's just Aperol and seltzer water. Um, but yeah. So are you, I, I, I can only assume you're having a mint julep or something.
2: No, I'm just drinking lemonade.
1: I think that's even more mint julepy than, than, than <laughs> mint julep so uh, yeah PFG coming through uh, and then also before I ask you, are, are, have you have, I forget I don't even I haven't you're, you're, some of your apps are far back are you, are you a big scent guy or not are you just a friend of uh, internet friend of Jack
2: I'm uh, more of an internet friend okay I um, do like I do have some perfumes but it's yeah. it's pretty uh girly stuff yeah that i like cuz i just okay. like i like chanel and i like um like really girly f- fragrances like wind song which just okay. smells like orange rinds basically synthetic orange rinds
1: you know what's really funny is cuz i i normally don't put oranges in the in my, I don't bother to, like I said, I don't bother to put the orange rinds in my apérol spritz. But I, again, I figured we're looping it up because is here. I'm gonna put some. <laughs> I'm gonna go all out with uh, with some orange rinds. So I'm I'm wearing a bijan for men because obviously they just talked about it and it's like a uh, sixteen quid here. So uh, I had to get it. So I've got probably that probably makes it about twenty sprays. Uh, so i'm i'm ready to go in that department uh so okay so what what, sorry what and what can you say another one wind song who makes it who makes wind song uh i forget i think it was uh well yeah we don't have time
2: prince Machiavelli.
1: okay i don't even know who that what that is but um and then, no, it's so, like
2: a very cheap uh, mass market perfume from
1: the eighties. <laughs> it sounds nice, though. Um, and then, um, so you, but you're not wearing anything right now. No. Okay. And then, warm up question number two: Do you? Ha- uh, how much? Uh, how are you, How do you feel about Brett Easton Ellis?
2: Uh, fine. Like I've read. I remember I read uh, Glamorama when it came out. And I read um, American Psycho and uh, I've never heard, I've never listened to his podcast or anything. Sure. Okay. I have, well, was- I have friends who, who listen to it and keep telling me to listen to it, but I've never gotten around to it.
1: Sure. Well, he's almost at the end of that book now and uh, it's uh, it'll be a treat for everybody when that, when that comes out. Um. So yeah, so yeah, I, I, I actually I just listen I just I've started just listening to the parts of the book and not really listening to the interviews so much. But uh, anyhow, that's 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 more than good enough. All right, so, uh, we've got your, uh, top five westerns, and so, oh man, PFG, PFG gave me a run for my money here, um, with trying to, really trying to suss out are these your actual top five westerns or. So when I started the show, I was just thought we would just say, I wouldn't really talk about the favorites at all, but then people give me favorites that I hadn't seen or I hadn't heard of. And then, and then I want to watch them. And so then I want to talk about them and stuff like that. But I, I could sense that you just, you know, you were like, no, we're not going to talk about (laughs)
2: <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're not going to
1: talk about john ford god help me we are not going to talk about red river god damn it um but uh but yeah yeah we're not going to talk about john ford and so that's that's fine i totally but and we're, we are so we're going to talk about these five and we're going to talk about your gems but what would you have to say if it really like just uh six shooter to your head do you have some other favorites that are are more mainstream or more popular than these or are, are you really just um uh no like I like John Ford. I think mm-hmm. he's over
2: there's been an overemphasis on his work, I think, to the detriment of other directors of westerns, uh, in discussions of westerns. And I think uh but I mean he's fine and peck and paw. I, like I don't have I like him fine, and I like uh Raul Welsh's westerns and all the classic stuff, but I just uh like I watch them and I appreciate them and I enjoy them, but I don't find them that interesting like to me they're they're sort of um. compromised by being too uh, too close to more sort of generic uh hollywood drama films okay whereas the western like historically was this extremely strange heterogeneous genre that could assimilate all sorts of things and like from uh like in the earliest like silent westerns you basically had a division between these sort of epic more historical westerns uh with people like william s hart and early griffith westerns where it was about this sort of dramatic sweeping story and they were a little more psychological and stuff like that and then you had um these much cheaper westerns which were much more comical they were much closer to uh burlesque theater and things like that you had all these performers who came out of like uh, minstrel shows and out of musical theater and all these things. And they were this much more like heterogeneous, strange plotless uh, self parodying um, films that were just about action and stunts and uh, musical numbers and things like that. So there were these two very different sort of traditions of the Western and that continued through most of its history really until the seventies. And it's it's this this sort of uh, stranger, like, uh, Western that starts with people like Tom Mix, and then it goes into the sort of B movies and singing cowboy movies and all that stuff uh, that I think is more formally interesting.
1: And sorry. I... sorry, 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 you, you're, say, you're saying, this. at what point does it get more interesting to you?
2: That that whole tradition, like from the silent films up till the seventies, where you have these very like formally heterogeneous films that have that have like music and action and dancing and singing okay. and and they they don't really have very strong plots or strong characters. They're much uh, more sort of vaudevillian and they're kind of um they seem more like parodies of westerns than westerns. Okay. in a lot of and ways
1: it, I, yeah Okay, yeah and obviously that makes sense uh, having just watched some of your or some so, having watched your picks cuz i i was kind of getting the feeling that some of these some of these picks it's almost like um they they just kind of not not even more for the more obvious ones that would say this but just for s- some of the kind of like spaghetti westerns or whatever like it's like they want to like they they're just like telling us it's almost like kind of like how you know what i don't know they Mm, that's not a good example i was gonna say like when they do shakespeare but it's like in space or something like that you know but, yeah i'm just a, like i'm uh, just like using the kind of like the western palette or something to kind of do to do to do something to you know yeah. to, to uh so yeah so i can definitely get the the gist of that um but yeah please um please kind of like do a little uh offshoot or explanation um whenever and wherever you please because i'm not i'm not worried i'm not worried about you uh (laughs) hogging the mic (laughs) as i was saying before we started recording uh trying to trying to like kind of pull, pull pull it pull you out because um when you're on the other podcast you just kind of uh you know come in every 15 minutes with a zinger <laughs> and, and uh yeah so your number five is that your number five is the shooting with uh, yes. Mont, monty hellman 1966 it's so weird because i was just like oh yeah sure monty hellman and warren Oates, and then i was like wait a second have i only seen like one monty hellman warren Oates movie <laughs> uh when i thought like you know it was just this huge thing yeah i mean i think i've only seen the cockfighter <laughs> i mean i've seen two lame blacktop but yeah um but yeah so warren Oates uh looms large in my brain just from oh yeah obviously the wild bunch sorry yeah um but yeah Alfredo Garcia. but um but yeah so was, this is a nice little nice little start um
2: uh, yes. well no like i think it's a great movie and it kind of um it was forgotten for a long time but it got a release a couple of years ago so there's been a revival of interest in it it was got a
1: criterion release right yeah yeah
2: that, so that's that and uh, the companion film to it that came out around the same year uh, uh they both yeah. star jack nicholson of course um and it's just, it's such a strange film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, everything about it is just, it's just, it's so strange. Like, yeah. I, I've seen it several times. I don't understand what it is, or what it's supposed to mean. Yeah. Um, it has this incredible... Um, nightmarish quality that's unlike um you know typical kind of cinematic nightmares because it's uh, it's it's about the sort of um nightmare of this woman who comes into the west and like uh drags everyone down to their deaths like this horrible nagging uh
1: (laughs) you are making it sound so bad. I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Um, it's not that bad, is no, it? it? No. So bad, I, pa- apparently, apparently, it's this Millie Perkins. Apparently, is she the one? Yeah. She's the one that played Anne Frank.
2: Um, yeah, and she was a she was a soap opera actress too. She was okay. on Knots Landing and Young and um, Restless.
1: Okay, so getting down to brass tacks, most important questions: Are those freckles that she has? Are they for real? Are they? Are <laughs> they like this? So. those like sunspots or like they're out of control are pretty interesting um and then the thing that really got me uh, i i couldn't believe it i could not believe it like is there another actor that looks like will hutchins or something like i'm just saying like I feel like I feel like I've been watching tons of movies with like Will Hutchins' brother in them. Cause I thought like I, I knew this actor or I knew this guy. And I, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I don't think I never saw any of his TV shows. I haven't seen any of his other movies. I, I couldn't I couldn't explain how I do, you have, do, you, do you have you do know, you don't know where I'm coming from with that? No, I don't know. <laughs> He's I don't know. He seems so he seems so uh, familiar to me. And, yeah. and I just knew, maybe, I don't know, he was just playing a type or something. I, think, I think so.
2: I, he has that kind of like character on the Waltons type. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I've I've probably only seen two episodes of the Waltons. I don't even think I've seen the full episodes of the Waltons. Maybe like Walton's Christmas special or something like that. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm even thinking of something else. I'm mean, thinking like just a, a doofus sidekick or something. Anyhow, but I enjoyed the heck out of him. When yeah, he, there's, there's my. I've got some notes here. But my second, so the first one is Freckles. Second one is when he he, he tries to sit on the fence, he tries yeah. to jump up, jump up and sit on the fence. And it's like, I mean, it's com, it's just comedy. I, I was like, wow, that's just freaking brilliant. Like, nobody really, she kind of like, uh, whatever crack. whatever I don't know what they call it when Jimmy Fallon would do it on SNF, SNL, like cracks or breaks the scene or something like that. Like, she barely does it. And I can't tell whether he actually missed. Ju- jumping up to sit on the fence or i don't know it's it was good it was professional acting um and then uh and then yeah oh there's another scene where he's got he's got um he's got a uh, uh, cans of chew circus yeah. uh, circular cans of chew in both breast pockets of his shirt so he looks like he kind of has like weird robot tits um <laughs> that was great and then he's just uh yeah, he's he's sweet on Millie Perkins, so he's giving her Ling Ling's black comfort tea, <laughs> hauling that all over the west. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, I don't know, the scenery at the end is good. I have and and, and cool, yeah, but uh, it's a it's a it's a tight, sweet seventy-eight minutes. It's super interesting to uh, hang out with Jack Nicholson, um, and I feel like you can kind of see that Jack Nicholson is. I don't know where this is is this oh, 66. That's gotta be early in this filmography, right? Yeah. Um, is I think that I think uh I think I just what was I don't know what it would have been on if it was on Brady Since podcast or Elro Boys or something, but I think somebody was saying that uh they met Jack Nicholson and they knew him as a writer. And I think it was on like the scene of the shooting or something like that. And he's like, No, 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 I'm an actor now. Um, so that's what I kept thinking of while I was watching this um but yeah uh cool well, is there anything else that the audience needs to know about the shooting you think or um
2: i don't like what do you think it was about like what do you think the point of the film was
1: because yeah, I, guess I don't i don't think it was opa- as opaque as you as, as you're saying or right? i um or maybe i was just maybe i was just watching it next to your other pics and so this one was extremely clear (laughs) um i mean so 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 it starts with so the 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 synopsis i don't know i don't know the synopsis It says two miners agree to guide a mysterious woman who has appeared in their camp from nowhere to a nearby town but soon because of her erratic behavior they begin to suspect that her true purpose is quite different so basically the but it's no spoiler to say the see it opens with um two guys running back to their mining camp and the one guy uh has been i don't know if he's been drunkenly or he's just been riding his horse too fast but he has hit uh like a maybe a man and maybe a child or hit two people and possibly knocked one of them to their death, but they just keep riding out of town because they're scared of facing the consequences. Yeah. And then like a week later, a week and a half later or something, um, this woman shows outside of her camp and um, shoots and kills her horse and then walks into camp and says, she's got a lame horse. Can she, can th- these guys guide her? into the into this uh, next town down the this, i mean it seems like it's quite a ways away and she uh has so much money that that uh they they eventually uh, agree to do it so i guess i thought that that everything the story was just stemming from that um in, in hopes so, so sorry so then the guy that has maybe run down this child has has run off he's he's taken he's taken my man will hutchins horse and because that's a good a, a better horse and and left him a crappy horse and he has he has sprinted off i don't know he's going to mexico or he's just getting out of t- he's getting 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 he's getting away um and and then warren oates comes back to camp separately i think and uh he and and will fills him up in on what's going on and and then this lady shows up
2: yeah
1: um and it's it's actually sorry it's warren oates's brother that has that is has fled in terror from the reaper maybe the townsfolk coming out but then yeah but at the
2: end at the end right he faces him and he's like his his twin he's like his double yeah so has he like gone through the desert to find his own double or like to find himself and like he ends up erasing himself or something?
1: Um, I see. I'm such a simpleton that I just was like, oh, it's his it's his brother who looks like him. Uh, and But yeah, on a deeper level, <laughs> taking everything and said <laughs> this podcast is helping me find out how uh, boring I am, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's, yeah, I guess there's something else going on, but I guess I was, I, I guess what I was saying is I was just trying to say that I think if, if you wanted to take a very surface level view of it, I think it does plot wise hang together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just interesting. The, I, I've never, I, I don't think, I've never really seen anything. Uh, it is a little bizarre. It's bizarre in, in the way that, Whatever, uh, Jack Nicholson makes his entrance, and it's um, but but a little bit odd, and it has kind of a um, um, maybe I don't know, Treasure of the Sierra Madre isn't exactly the right thing, but like the type of thing where like who has the gun at the time and who falls asleep and who type of it has a very um, uh. I, I could f- the internal logic of it um was interesting i guess yeah. from that point of view and and uh and w- where they go to kind of like make their make their breaks and i don't know yeah so uh i, I enjoyed it um what so you're you're saying that that's your take is and that i i've seen i've read some reviews that are, you know saying that uh the whatever they Warren Oates is going through to find himself, but well, Warren Oates is—I feel like he's not—he doesn't have a whole lot of agency in this movie, does he?
2: No, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, uh, he, he doesn't really want to go, and yeah. So, well, yeah. No, I—I I thought I thought it was a good pick. That, yeah, that's that, that's all I got to say. So, well,
2: and now, the movie I, that that came out around the same time, also by Hellman, Ride in the World Wind, is also very good. Okay. And it also has this very like an even more sort of nightmarish quality to it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So it's like, it was like, did they just like shoot this like the week after with some extra film or something?
2: They were uh, shot like almost at the same time.
1: Yeah. So except it has a, well, it looks like it has a Harry Dean Stanton who seems like deep in the stack here. He's like the number seven uh, <laughs> casting name on Letterboxd, but he's in the picture. um and then it also has this millie perkins and uh so nice that's what it was it must have been somebody was saying that uh somebody was saying that the um he was talking to the writer of two lane black and he was asking him how uh how he came up with all the car lingo and he's like, "When did you learn so much about cars?" And he's like, "Oh, I just, I just made all that up." So, I, not <laughs> not being a not being a car guy, I was not able to ever call them out on that. Um, but I wonder if anybody who is would be able to confirm or deny that. Um, but yeah. Do, so, uh, any other Monty Hellman films that you're big on? Just while we're while I'm on his uh, letterbox page, or. Oh, no, no, it's okay. No, no, nothing else. Have you? Do you like Cockfighter?
2: I haven't seen that one.
1: Okay, yeah, no, I, 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 I think it's worth I, I've seen, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 it, it, I, that was one of those that I, whatever, found out about and it very quickly went to the top of my queue. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so okay, so the number four is a uh, long Walter Hills Long Riders. Right uh and this is this is another pretty uh pretty i mean, i guess what i'm trying to say is that later on we're going to get into um some m- films that were a little bit harder to parse for me but this is pretty uh straightforward uh good time and it's just uh it's,
2: it's really enjoyable
1: it is and it's super um i I don't know i thought there was a lot of like attention to detail or i don't know who wrote so okay so yeah so like stacy keach stacy keach james keach they've got like a writing print i guess i was just curious who was bringing in i don't know maybe is stacy keach from like the ozarks or is he from i don't know i just felt like it had a very um it had you know i it, you know i had like turkeys in cages in the yard and like you know very yeah. like in, in wooden cage it has like a it had like a a lot of um elements that it was like whoever's doing this seems to seems to be familiar with the land um, yeah but yeah are you a big stacy keech fan or not or just i enjoy i movie? enjoy
2: stacy Keach quite a bit
1: it, it, i uh I, stacy i think i feel like uh stacy keach was someone i didn't even know existed and then i whatever joined letterboxd and just i don't know got into a whatever found reviews just found people raving about Stacey keach like he was their number one guy and i was like okay i'm i'm okay i'm like "I'll, i'll check i'll check him out um i was like you know watching some of his 70s movies and i was like okay i can see i can see why um but yeah um so yeah, so it's just the Jesse James gang. So it's basic. So in episode two, I watched the I rewatched uh, Brad Pitt's assassination of Robert Ford. And then and then I, th- I think it's, it's weird. I um, whether it's like shootout at the OK Corral type movies or like any Westerns that have to do with like actual history being replayed. I've kind of like actively avoided for some reason. I don't know why. So yeah. I hadn't I hadn't seen this, but it was it was um, it was great. Yeah. Um, And it just kind of, it also just kind of did whatever it wanted to do. Um,
2: Well, it's really interesting historically because it came out in 1980. So it was sort of after the whole much uh, grittier revisionist Western turn. And it was this turn away from that to this much more, uh, in some ways, glamorized uh, idea of the West. Uh, which turned back more to earlier kinds of Westerns, which you also got like a few years later with Silverado and things like that. But um, I love it just because it's so, um, it has this velvety quality, like to the costumes and to the light and to the color and to uh, all of those things. So it has this very... um, tactile quality to it that i i really enjoy uh that's really unique i think like because most westerns it's a lot uh harsher or it's a lot flatter Mm -hmm. but there's a kind of weird softness to it that becomes very perverse considering how violent it is um
1: yeah i mean and the and the opening is just beautiful the like green hills and the writing is it's pretty striking um and whatever not to not to geodox myself but i am familiar with um like missouri and kansas city and so like it's so funny to hear um uh the assassination of jesse james and to get into jesse james because he was all up and around you know clay county <laughs> i'm hearing all of these i'm hearing all of these like counties and cities and things that like I, I think of as having like on ramps and off ramps yeah. <laughs> and, and here, they're just these Western towns and stuff. So, so uh, you know, Missouri is, you know, Missouri, the, whatever, Missouri is not West Texas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, um, so, so it is going to look a lot, uh, a lot different. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a good time. And, and they, I, what did you did, like is that do you think that uh they just did a whatever Rider of two lane blacktop on the uh the knife scene where they're like have to hold a belt or a ribbon in their mouths or what a scarf in their mouths or what was that i don't know okay, um okay it was, it was- I'm just you're the expert so i just i mean it was good it was good you know they, they just both whip out massive bowie knives which bowie knives yeah. need to be in movies way more than they are um but and they have a they have a a, a barroom fight where they each put a the, an end of a scarf in their in their teeth, and like they ha- they can seem to drop it, but they have to try and not drop it. I guess it's a way of cont- containing the fight in the bar, so <laughs> yeah, it stays in a ring. It's like a ring do-it-yourself ring. Um. But yeah. Uh, I don't know. I forget. I, I I just put down a note here. Fording the river. I don't know what that means, but apparently I liked the point where they were fording a river, or I just I maybe it was just something that I just thought it was uh, you know, super super realistic. I don't know. There was a point where, um, you know, the guy was also like cleaning a horse's hoof, yeah. hoof, hoof, and he 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 looks like he looks like he knows. He looks like he works with horses, <laughs> or he looks. I mean, it didn't come off like. I don't know. It was a, it was um. I don't know it was something for there was something some aspect of it that i thought was unique so i guess if you're if you're a fan of westerns uh i feel like this this has some has some things in it that um maybe don't get 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 missed when whatever in your in some of your other uh classical ones Uh, yeah and i guess all, all
2: the brothers are played by real brothers right
1: right okay yeah sorry yeah that's uh so it's varying. the Quaid
2: the Quaid brothers and the Keach brothers and the Guest brothers and
1: well the, so David Carradine, Keith Carradine, Robert Carradine, James Keech, Stacy Keach, Dennis Quaid, Randy Quaid <laughs> <laughs> and it, and apparently Christopher Guest is in this too I didn't I forget if I didn't pick him out he's um, one of the Ford brothers okay oh okay duh of course yeah um but yeah, but it was fun. So it was fun. It was fun to watch. It was fun to watch uh, in such close proximity to assassination, and it was uh, it's more enjoyable, I think, than that film. Maybe not. They're both have going you seen for something different?
2: Have you seen uh, the Great Northfield, Minnesota raid?
1: No, I have uh, secured that one onto my hard drive recently. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, well, but, it's, but it's- that that but they, that that's when they go. Is that that? That's when they go. I, I, it rang a bell because when they say, "Yeah, is that their ill-fated trip up north?"
2: Yeah, that's okay. that's like the centerpiece of the Long Riders. This is the big where they're all getting shot and they're get there's blood everywhere and all over their dusters and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like in the Long Riders, like Walter Hill does it all as this like very deliberate um, homage to the Wild Bunch right okay. like Makes he like sense. totally totally rips it off but then okay. he like expands it and turns it into this very operatic um really like beautiful beautifully choreographed thing and just like exaggerates all of the things peck and paw did to like a much more extreme degree with all the slow motion cuts and everything okay um but the long riders is this like extreme contrast to uh the northfield minnesota movie which is this very like cynical uh revisionist western by um what's his name the guy who made henry in june uh no. and it's it's like uh robert duvall's in it he plays jesse james as this like psycho and uh it's this very like uh black, like comedic uh bleak Uh, movie it's also really good but they're interesting because they're these two very different takes on the same thing like what i said philip kaufman yeah but what i said about it being like this the glamour of the long riders becomes really apparent when you watch it in the context of that film which is like the closest proximity james brothers movie okay and if you if you watch them like side by side, it's like watching like this very, like um, this sort of like abject take on it versus this take on it with the long riders, which is was like shot by a fashion photographer. Like they hired a famous fashion photographer to shoot the movie. So that's oh, why really? it has this, this very like uh, textural quality to it.
1: Do, do, I mean, I've, this, sorry, do you know anything about like, I, I didn't, I didn't look at like the production credits or anything like that, but like, it's, I just, it, it seems very much like it was like their like pet project or like they're kind of, you know, yeah. know get it, they're getting their bros together. And it seemed like, yeah, So I'm saying. Like it's, you're saying that they got a fashion photographer for it. It seems like they put a lot of thought into it. It was a yeah, it was like a passion project or something that, that some, something that a lot of love went into. Um, yeah. Well, it was originally, just, it was
2: supposed to be a mini series. It was supposed uh-huh. to be six okay. hours long, and then NBC rejected it. So the Keach brothers like put it together with all the brothers to get funding for it, and they did a bunch of different scripts. and They, I think, they did a theater version of it uh, to help like gel it together, and then it became this film.
1: Uh, okay, okay. So, but they, yeah, and and whatever they had, they had Walter Hill, and so whatever they had, they didn't have any trouble getting money back then. I guess they had enough. had enough power behind it um but it's also just funny because it's like i feel like stacy keach was hardly in the movie too um yeah uh, but uh, but yeah cool um all right we're off to a good start (laughs) and now (laughs) Uh, so actually i do want to ask you so i'm a big i'm a big western i mean i thought i was a big western fan there's a lot i haven't seen there's a lot this was getting me into a, into some different territory. And then I also have a, I also have a lot of, um, just, I don't know, like pet peeves or just, I don't know. Like, I'm just, I guess, I'm, I guess I'm just like really uptight when it comes to movies or something. And I really want like a really kind of like straight down the middle, like, like, like Anthony man is it Anthony man. Yeah. Anthony yeah. man, like really pisses me off. Like I get angry. <laughs> at <Anthony>. Like I, <laughs> Like he, he, I have, yeah, I just, I, maybe I haven't like, maybe I need to like, whatever, uh, listen to someone talk about him and, and what his MO is. But like, I even remember, I can't remember. What's it was a Michael film critic from Chicago or something. He's like a big naked spur Anthony Mann fan. Um, and so here I am, like, I call myself a big Western fan and I hate Anthony man. Uh, but, uh, what am I trying to say? Basically what I'm trying to say is that, um, I I would say like on a rainy Saturday, but even on a sunny Saturday, my, my favorite thing (laughs) to do is is to get the snacks together and watch a Western. So it's, it's just super near and dear to me from my, you know, whatever, watching like six gun heroes in black and white on PBS or,
2: yeah.
1: Or or sleeping, sleeping through it and my mom not waking me up for it and just being absolutely crushed that my favorite thing that I've been looking forward to all week, whatever, is on at like eight o'clock the morning on PBS. And she was like, No, I'm gonna let this kid sleep. Um so yeah, so I, I just I love Westerns, I love Noir and I love Westerns. Um so you watch a lot it seems like you watch you watch some pretty obscure westerns you you watch some pretty deep cut westerns so i assume that you're a big fan
2: oh yeah yeah like i grew up with them uh i mean i grew up on a farm okay (laughs) so um i like my grandfather uh was always watching them like he always had them on um and uh my father always watched them but they watched mostly like tv westerns sure uh, uh so like Gunsmoke and in the big I was valley just gonna
1: and, say, smoke, yeah. uh,
2: the rifleman that's a good one and uh all, all that stuff like that's what i grew up seeing like every day um
1: what, what uh what's the one uh oh gosh i can't think of it now but what um... What 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 would be the best is there a far and away best Western TV show?
2: I don't I don't think so.
1: There's not one that you uh yeah, no. you feel strongly about.
2: No, you, I mean I enjoy them nostalgically. Sure. Because I grew up with them, but I don't like whenever I go to visit my father, like he always has like uh raw hide on. So I watch ride with them, and it's like it's fun, but it's not. It's not like great television, or anything. okay.
1: It's not like we're not even missing. See, I mean, that's, no. I think that says a lot that because you whatever you have a soft spot in them for nostalgically, and you're still not willing to like send folks towards them. <laughs> so they must be of their time and place. Um, I mean,
2: yeah. they're fun. They're, but it's
1: not not missing. It's not. It's not. It's not like. A, it's not like a. It's not like if you feel like you're. You can always you're, you'd rather go deeper into. You'd rather scrape the bottom of the barrel for movie westerns than. Yeah. Than spend your Saturday watching. TV westerns.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, okay, so number three is four for the apocalypse by, Luco Fluki, nineteen seventy five. Uh, are you laughing because I pronounced that wrong? With Joe Yeah, Fulci. Yeah, sorry. I'm like, I don't know, dyslexic and something. I'm not actually. I just can't <laughs> pronounce things. um I'll let you do. <laughs> so, yeah. So, this one, this one, it looks very promising from the poster. <laughs> Four petty criminals, three men, and a woman wander through the trackless terrain of the Wild West and are hounded by a sadistic bandit. Um, so yeah, so I'll give my thoughts, or um, I, don't, I, don't, I just have my notes, but I'm still needing to find them. But what, what do you, what, what how, why is this your number three, PFG?
2: Um, well, I wanted to pick uh, a spaghetti and I didn't wanna pick a Leone. Or like uh, any of the other more respected ones, so I, I picked this one because okay. I like Fulci because Fulci is mostly famous now for being um, a uh, like a horror filmmaker, like he made okay. Zombie 2 and all this stuff.
1: Don't um armed. don't yeah. torture a duckling. City of the Living Dead.
2: Yeah. Okay. But he made a bunch of westerns. he made a bunch of white Fang movies, you know that Jack London, okay, book. yeah, he did a bunch of like relatively wholesome westerns about like okay. a boy and his wolf in the wilderness or whatever, and then he made this, which is just this like incredibly uh, bleak, unpleasant uh film that came sort of at the end of the spaghetti western cycle and gives this very uh different version of it than than all those films did like it doesn't have the sort of the romance of the west that you get in leone films where they're very like deliberately mythical but it's a celebration of that myth and this it's it has this sort of uh, mythical or allegorical quality, but it's very, uh, you know dark and in a way that that Leone films aren't. And it doesn't have action in the way a lot of Italian westerns did. like most Italian westerns are very devoted to action, but the violence in this film is very different than those in those films. It's much more uh, disturbing instead of exciting. I think, sure. Yeah, I just I think that's an interesting twist on on sort of Italian model of the Western.
1: But I mean, I feel like this this does uh, subvert your expectations at every point. <laughs> it does a good job of that. Like, I'm, that's I think with some of these Italian ones. I think maybe this one the most just have no idea where it's going to go next um uh and it's a bit um if you're if you're a a plot line prude like me it's maybe 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 i'm mixing some of these together but it's a little bit nutty i mean it's more it's more nutty than like a sergio leone is right yeah much more um uh, but yeah, so I mean, it just kind of—I uh, mean, there's a pregnant woman. It kind of—I mean, it, it kind of ends on a. It ends on a. There's just—I mean, there's just a, a. So what? So what? So, so what? I can I can see different aspects of it. Like I mean, I guess the thing about these is spaghetti westerns is that whatever. I forget different film critics when i used to just listen to the film spotting podcast all the time they were the guest guy they would have on would say that the the acting is the last thing that fails in a movie or something uh, like, yeah. you know, like the right you know the first the the whatever it's either the bad writing or bad direction or something that the actress is the last thing to go wrong in a movie what i would say about these uh, spaghetti westerns is that the um uh, the uh the the <laughs> <laughs> they always get they always get pretty gals <laughs> those are the, the, the women are the last thing to fail in the spaghetti master because they yeah. they always have uh quite uh intriguing um uh women uh actresses um but yeah i'm um uh, what 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 am i what, what am i missing or what 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 am i not not appreciating i mean and also the the lead is the lead is like super handsome and and tall and everything but i mean they just it just they're just it's kind of like a road movie i guess maybe yeah um, but it is it's, it's
2: it's it's this very like apocalyptic road movie just set in the west and it's uh like they're all stock characters. It's like it's like the apocalyptic version of stagecoach. Okay, basically, where you and you have like the drunk and the gambler and the whore and the whatever, and they're all get thrown together on the road and they're being attacked and like it's it's stagecoach. Okay, but but it's like the really like hellish version of stagecoach.
0: That,
1: um, yeah, yeah, that has and, more. Scene or it, it isn't stagecoach is mostly in the stagecoach, isn't it? Or oh, I forget uh,
2: a lot, but they like pull over in different okay. locations and okay. stuff. Okay,
1: okay, yeah. Um, this is, yeah, this is just kind of different, whatever, different towns and different places. And then, I mean, I guess it's just that the ending is also just very, yeah. i they have some, let's just, I guess, in, in your picks, they have some like interesting interesting towns that these italian directors think up uh there's a town in this movie it's just a town of men right yeah (laughs) it's just which kind of makes sense kind of makes sense as far as just uh there would be a lot of um uh men knocking around the old west uh, and why wouldn't they just uh hole up uh on their own but um okay
2: yeah and that's that's like a really uh also, like a really wonderful part of the movie, because it's actually like surprisingly sweet. It
1: is, yeah, yeah, it is. And you see, you see the, yeah, you see these guys. You see, uh, and it's believable, and that, you know, whatever they, these guy some of these hardened, whatever criminal criminals or guys on the run, take to this. But then, but then things don't go so great, and our lead kind of exits stage left and and you're just kind of I guess I guess they have to end it somehow and that's the yeah. ending they chose so uh, okay
2: the one the one thing I'll say against the film is that the soundtrack is really painful <laughs> is,
1: it, is it I forget I forget it has,
2: it actually has songs that comment on all the action okay <laughs> in the lyrics and it's really bad but other than that it's it's a good movie
1: you're the guest and i'm very happy to have you (laughs) but maybe the audience will note my my, i'm gonna put in some silence right now (laughs) after that comment (laughs) but um okay so your number two man of the west by anthony Mann. yeah this was the closest that you could deign to come to a straightforward uh american uh western I think, um, I'm sorry. Before we get to that, and uh, now, is there, is there now that we've talked about four for the apocalypse? I need, and no, you know what? Just sorry, never mind. I'm just schizophrenic. Uh, go ahead. So, so, Man of the West, 1968, Anthony Mann, and we've got, uh, we've got what's his name from High Noon. One of my High noon's one of my favorites. Uh, Lee but, J. Cobb no no i can't think of the lead of high noon (laughs) oh gary cooper (laughs) gary cooper because my brain just my brain just goes as soon as i talk but how do you you, i i didn't i didn't like high noon growing up but then i've come to love it now yeah please say you like high noon
2: (laughs) i do like high noon
1: okay good yeah no I, i love high noon but okay, we won't talk. We've just registered that and we're moving on. So uh, heading east to Fort Worth to hire a school t- teacher first. Frontier town, Link Jones is stranded with singer Billy Ellis and gambler Sam Beasley when their train is held up for shelter. Jones leads them to his nearby former home where he was brought up an outlaw, finding the gang still living there in the shack. Jones pretends to be ready to return to a life of crime. Uh, it's a pretty good s- plot setup.
3: Pretty yeah.
1: compelling. Uh I'm, I'm completely on board and I guess that's part of the thing that Anthony Mann does to me is he always I feel like a yeah, great synopsis great idea for a plot. Okay, this is going to be super and then somehow he um, just pisses me off along the way somehow I don't know. Um, I don't know something about his I feel like his. I don't my review for this is uh, something about like the I just can't get 15 minutes in without his characters just doing something completely stupid and just really making me mad I don't even know what that means um but yeah why why is this your number why is this so high uh I like it because it does the whole um uh
2: disappearance of the west it's erosion by a new technological society uh the western figure is this figure who is like time has come and like he settled this land but settling the land made him irrelevant Mm -hmm. um like that's a common theme in a lot of westerns uh especially when it comes to like gunfighter figures and people like that Uh, and i like this film because it does it in this like really explicit almost like allegorical way uh, that's usually more uh, implicit in films. And uh, I just like it because it's so over the top about that. Like, because they, they go out and like he's returning to his youth after the train breaks down, right? And the train is the symbol of his yeah. own, of his own like erasure. So as soon as he's like erased from, the new modern landscape he returns to the landscape of his youth where he just like reunites with his family who's just this horde of horrible people and it's like the landscape from like king lear or something It's just these i mean they like,
1: just yeah they just come over that hill and go back in time
2: yeah and it's just this barren there's this barren quality to it and like like it's like a, it's like just so over the top like he goes to like the town of Sawmill after leaving Crosscut. And it's just like all this stuff that's just about like decimating the landscape and traveling through different landscapes back in time. Yeah. Um, and I just, I like that about it. And I like the, um, I think Cooper gives a really good performance. Yeah. Um, just with his eyes. And with there's this there, there are these scenes where there's like a weakness to his body that's very moving. Yeah. Um, just in the way he's like stooped and things. Um there's a physicality to that I like. There's a physicality to the movie in general that I really like. Like there's um the scene where they're fighting, where Coley uh and Lee J. Cobb fight. It just has this like incredible, like visceral. Uh, cruelty to it that you very rarely see in Westerns from that time, especially when you contrast it to like when people get shot and it's this very over-dramatized thing. Yeah. Uh, um, like just that scene and like the way he's like yelping, it's like incredibly, uh, visceral. Um,
1: this is actually, so this was the only movie on your, uh, of your 10 that I had actually seen before, um yeah before that before you put him down i didn't so i i watched it i don't know not that long ago um but i just kind of skimmed through it to kind of remind myself of it uh today but uh it also seems like this is uh is that is that right i'm looking at gary cooper this is like his second biggest western after high noon that seems a little bit mental or second most popular film that's a western yeah so so this is so this is a big deal um and that looks like all well, the next thing you got is like Veracruz or something like that so um i guess I, th- I think of gary cooper as a big western guy but not not really so much so if you want your gary cooper westerns you better come to anthony Mann. <laughs> um cool uh, I, I this do you like do you like the kind of like trope of the uh old man who runs the gang uh like being the only one that kind of like holds the lid on things or maybe that's not a trope but it seems like it seems like that's something that i've i've been noticing lately where it's just you know like they there's that scene where they whatever they're gonna like make julie london strip uh you know but well at the but it just at some point it it seems you know it seems like not not believable that like this this old man is able to keep the lid on all these psychopaths um
2: yeah well i don't seems- i don't think it's like it's not a realistic film
1: no i didn't mean i didn't mean i didn't necessarily mean that but i just see. as i'm just saying uh, i feel like it, i feel like that i feel like that's a, a useful a useful thing for uh directors or whatever to have but i'm i'm the one that runs the gang around here type of guy uh, yeah so and then your number one is uh cemetery without crosses. Yeah. From uh let me see 1969. Yeah. And who's that directed by?
2: Uh, Robert Hussain.
1: Okay. And uh yeah. What Maria seeks the revenge on the killers of her husband. She enlists the help. Of her husband's best friend Manuel, a reluctant but skilled gunfighter. Uh, so this is this is a I, this is definitely one that I had uh, the be- one of the best experiences with and really enjoyed. Um, and uh, I guess yeah, it's, it makes sense because it's your number one. But um, why why do how does it how does it jump? Why does it jump above all your other spaghetti western favorites? Pmg.
2: Um. It has, it just has a completely unique uh, feeling to it. Like, even though it's like, like it's dedicated to Sergio Leone at the end. And uh, Hossein was like friends with him and, and everything. And it's very clearly playing with all that stuff. Um, it has this very peculiar pacing and feeling to it. And there's a very specific, uh, quality to uh, the sound design that I think is amazing. Like it has this okay. very minimalistic sound design. There's a lot of silence. Uh, there's a lot of scenes where there's almost no dialogue. Uh, there's this amazing scene where it's just them all eating soup mm-hmm. at the big table and they're just eating soup for like three minutes. And then he opens yeah. the. No, no no, Jack- say, no, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> no but that's like great. A, that's a, it's that an amazing a scene. scene yeah
1: it was it was, it's, it was but it's full it of was. these like i'm really... not even like, i'm not even joking when i say no spoilers on that you get other things maybe we can kind of spoil here and there but i was i thought i thought that was minor genius um,
2: yeah but it's full of like wonderful little moments like that and there's a kind of uh it's really beautifully lit it's got uh like it's one like it takes place in a ghost town and there's like nothing
1: else in the town except the ghost town. <laughs> yeah, and everything and everything to, I don't mean to be too much of a bro, but that ghost town was sick. <laughs> um
2: I like everything yeah. in the ghost town's covered in dust except the roulette wheel, which yeah. is completely clean <laughs> and like pristine. So it's was like it? I, thought, yeah. I thought it was
1: I thought it was kind of beat up, but maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering I'm projecting. Um uh, yeah, I mean, just so a lot to lot to say about this one. We can Spend a little time because you know, but but uh, the it's great opening. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I feel like, uh, and so I think actually, actually, before I forget, also because it's not, I think that I can see what you like about these other spaghetti westerns. In, it, I think it's um, most accessible or most like perfectly embodied in this one of. Mm you're getting these little it's using the idea of the western whatever it's taking a a western book not you know whatever it seems like some of these are you know italian directors taking a book that was written by a, uh, some guy from the u.s and turning it into a western and um using the western as like a, a palette or a starting point to kind of go wherever they want to go yeah um but the same point it maybe it almost has like maybe maybe a throwback to uh the lone ranger or something wasn't, wasn't there like a, a a horse chase at the end of the, <laughs> close to the end of every lone ranger episode or something maybe i'm misremembering but uh there's like some just just some straight up like horse chases in this yeah and i i feel like i miss that like i don't feel like i see that in very many westerns where they actually spend time and maybe maybe because it was a cliche a tv cliche or something like that but like i mean just seeing scenery just seeing the the horses just seeing the costumes i mean that's kind of what i'm that's kind of a big part of what i want out of a western yeah um so they get so they i yeah i appreciated that just having some some well what i don't know some 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 nice uh some nice chases and then and and that's right that's right in the opening before the credits and then blammo you get a scott walker track (laughs) so a little a little shout out to uh orton orton uh and his he was saying that i was in that i was saying that oh maybe i need to check out um scott walker's uh early early hits because that seems like it would be more my speed than um than the scott walker than than what he's actually people actually like him for um yeah uh, so yeah but that is a
2: it's a great song
1: oh it's yeah it's freaking amazing Uh, i'll put that a link to that and i'll put a link to that in the in the notes and maybe i'll put you know people don't click on people don't click on links to songs so maybe i'll just put a little "Eh," inject that right here
3: i seek the man who killed my friend and when we meet, my life may end. <laughs> my life depends upon my gun, and my gun spells hope in the land where the rope and the cold are care. <laughs> I swore a vow on my dying breath <laughs> to ride a trail that ends in death. And death could strike with a frightening and jolt of a lightning bolt In the land with a rope and the coal arcade. But oh my darling, if I should die There's not a soul who will ever know That I loved you so was the reason why The dust and the nights are black. But oh, my darling, if I get back, I'll trade my gun for a wedding ring and I'll turn my hand to the land with a rope and a coat. I can
1: And <laughs> force people to listen to that song. Um and yeah uh, so sorry um th- yeah please continue and then i'll come back to my notes later but so it's it's written by the star or it's directed sorry it's directed by the star yeah it's robert uh, okay so I, i'm just not noticing that uh, but he's quite convincing
2: yeah he's very good and i like that he like he, they show him like ritualistically putting on his glove every time he's going to take a shot yeah um and the female lead uh Michelle Mercier, I think is her name. She okay. um, she was a big star in France before that for these uh, very glitzy uh, Angelique movies, which were like swashbuckling movies. Okay. And she, she hooked up with him to make this to tr- sort of try and change her image. But she still brings like a lot of glamour. Like she's a very uh, uh, attractive woman and she's filmed very sort of Uh, lovingly
1: and like dignified too Um, yeah yeah so so, okay so going through my little what what are my notes here are they using like arabian horses in this movie as opposed to like quarter horses or i don't even know what i'm talking about but do you know what i'm talking about i don't know because i mean that it seems like the these horses like like prance or like they they seem different than then totally totally and then from watching just a little bit of man of the west today that it seems like a completely different animal um so i wonder what was going on there with I mean, it would make sense that they would use a different horse than you would get in the u.s um and then also just the gun, the detail on the guns seemed like i don't know seemed, they seemed they were good looking guns and they, but they seemed like they just had a i don't know a level of artistry that you don't don't pick up in your your standard John Ford. Um, I like how they, I like, I mean, they like, they just like, I mean, there's just, there's just little touches where they just like butcher a rabbit. Uh, yeah. At, at one point And it's just, it just lends a, it lends a, 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 it does a good job towards lending a realness. I don't even know if they, they don't like butcher it on screen, but they just show the rabbit, pan over to the guy i think the woman's working or somebody's working and then they come back to it and the the rabbit's been prepared um but it's it it goes a long way towards kind of just i don't know some sophistication or some 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 realism and drawing you in but then they they not i'm not saying the quarter i'm not saying the horses uh took me out of it but the thing that's just hilarious is you know they're making this western they've gone to all these paints to put everyone in costumes they've done you know pretty good job on the set and then that then that that scene where they're probably that was the same scene where they're all eating they've got huge things of olive oil on the table (laughs) 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 and it's just like they're making what 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 what, was the spaghetti western market was it i mean was it it was by italians was it Four Italians, or was it? Were Italians paying it off completely? I mean, um, no,
2: no, like they were. Um, it was mostly Italian directors and a lot of Italian technical people, but most of them were shot in Spain. So they were like yeah. international co-productions between the Italians and the Spanish and the French and the Americans, uh, and there were also some British ones. Um, this one was uh, like Hussein is a French guy. Right, uh, a bunch of the act, most of the actors are French in this one, so it's like a French Italian film. Um, but like audience wise, like you would dub it and you'd send it everywhere, like they were deliberately not marketed to a specific area,
1: but they could make their money back just in Europe.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, they were cheap, cheap movies. Okay,
1: is there any do you have any, do you have any, uh does tarantino do you feel like he handles that well in uh hollywood did you find is that is that all believable or uh is he on the right track there with leo's italian part
2: Leo's italian part
1: sorry when he when once upon a time in hollywood uh when leo goes to italy and they just they just have a little bit of saying yeah they recorded different languages and everything like that but i'm just saying like as a spaghetti western fan was there any, was that does that yeah does that, that, was, that was that was normal way? yeah just try you know you've you've kind of flamed out in hollywood so but you can still you can still go over to italy and make some good money Yeah. yeah yeah uh yeah okay so then i have a note about what you were saying earlier but i've decided that that's a spoiler so i'm not going to go into it and then uh it almost seemed like it seemed like they were just telling like a and some of these as i think especially most this one it seemed like they're just telling an italian story in a western you know yeah. kind of like with the with the whatever the families and the it's almost like they're mafiosos or it's almost like they're sicilian clans or something like that uh uh, but it's just set in the world of a Western. I don't know. It seemed, it seemed maybe, maybe I'm projecting my little knowledge of Italian movies or Italian history on, on it, but it seemed like they, you know, there's a definitely a kind of like a different tinge um, than, yeah, the new U S ones. Um, so cool. Uh, anything else about your number one pick?
2: No that's good okay
1: okay and then you've left overrated blank but if i had to twist the knife is there anything you'd want to put in there uh the searchers the searchers okay (laughs) yeah anything else um i don't know shane
2: i think is overrated
1: yeah i heard uh yeah i heard um uh, Mikey, uh, Mikey MDC, or the guy who's actually on the first guest, he talks about it with uh Zach on I'm So Popular recently, and I thought it was interesting. I think they were more interested in Shane from like the male, like masculinity question perspective, but mm. I remember when I watched Shane, I freaking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> granted, <laughs> granted, I was probably like. Thirteen or something like that, but um, and it and and it, and it's def, but it's also um, it for non-Western fans, it would be like overrated, okay, whatever. But I mean, it was a huge, wasn't it?
2: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like it was huge in the culture. I mean, Shane, Shane, you know, what I mean, like, it, not not in my culture, but like in whatever in time before. Like, I feel like for some reason, Shane loomed really large. Uh, but yeah.
2: yeah well i I don't know it's i find it it tries too hard it's a little too it tries too hard to be respectable or something okay okay but like all the really the really big like academy award-winning westerns like dances with wolves and stuff like that all do that and it just Mm -hmm. becomes kind of um i don't know it's cringy i think to try that hard
1: well, okay. Well, let's see if I can. Sit. Wait, do I have a? favorite? Let's see if see if you have a want to crap on any of my favorite westerns here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Red, Red Red I do love Red River. How do you feel about Red River?
2: I I haven't seen the original since I was like ten.
1: Oh, it's so good! It's so good! It's so good!
2: I re- I remember liking it.
1: I, I i think we uh we we taped it off of pbs yeah it was like a saturday night movie and so then we had it on tape and then obviously i watched it a lot and like i mean uh i feel like you're not, i feel like you're not prioritizing montgomery cliff enough pfg um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean he oh god he's so oh yeah he's so great and uh I forget who the other guy. I mean, well It's got some, yeah. It's got some good Walter Brennan in it, and it's. I, I've. I i do not know who the guy is, but the the female lead that he mixes up with looks great, and then they've got that scene where they're whatever comparing guns and shooting with their Montgomery Cliff and the other guys shooting with their each other's guns and things, and yeah. yeah. So and then and then just predictable maybe. I uh, can okay, I mean, I like I like the Magnificent Seven and Butch Cassidy. Um tombstone isn't exactly near and dear but for some reason i put it on this heart but uh what what uh do you have anything against the man who shot liberty valance
2: no i love the man who shot liberty valance
1: i think that's one that when you i rewatch it is just like holy mackerel i didn't realize this was uh so much in the pantheon for me of westerns like that might be number three that's probably number three but um i need to rewatch that and then and then what would you say that Johnny Guitar is overrated, or do you like Johnny Guitar?
2: I like Johnny Guitar. I th- I do think it's probably overrated.
1: Like yeah, from the from like the camp guys or the camp sector or who, um, uh, or I don't even know what's camp about. I forget, but I just remember being I think blown it's away just by John Crof- Crawford. John Crawford's the camp uh, part. I I guess I know, but I don't <laughs> even remember. I just remember. I I think it was probably my first exposure to her or something, and I'm just freaking uh not even understanding what universe she was coming from and, and thinking it was amazing but I'm a big Sterling Hayden fan so I Yeah. I
2: no, it's that. a it's a great movie.
1: Okay. Okay. Well that's good. <laughs> You've been very kind. Uh and now we have uh so your first hit your first hit, Jim, your number five uh confession I actually didn't that, that would just happen to be not because I wasn't enjoying it but it just happened to be the last one that I uh got around to. So I did not finish it. Uh, witty by whitey, Rain, whitey by, uh, Fassbender. And I, yeah. actually, I actually am a really big, I call myself, a, I would call myself a really big Fassbender fan. Um, but I don't know if that actually materializes into having seen tons of his movies. Um, well, not a lot of people watch this one. No, it's a deep. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a deep Fassbender cut.
2: Um, I really like it because it's um, like people know a lot, people tend to know more about uh, Italian Westerns than German Westerns, but uh, the Italian Western developed to some degree as a reaction to uh, all the Westerns that were being produced in East and West Germany. And in East and West Germany, you had two very different uh, Western traditions because uh, one was being produced by uh, the international market in West Germany. And the other one, the East German one was was, uh, produced by uh, a communist government. Right. So Mm -hmm. communist Westerns were almost always about uh, the natives and they took the native side. So they were like proto revisionist Westerns that reimagined the American West uh, through the native perspective. So they were all like critiques of the advance of capitalism and stuff like that. Uh, but they all like they all starred like uh Czechoslovakian bodybuilders and stuff playing uh native people <laughs> and they and they had like musical interludes and all this stuff in them. And they're very, very strange. Uh okay. and really low budget and really bad for the most but part. is there
1: is is there is there a good one that you would point out? Uh
2: you can watch like Winna and uh Under the Silver Lake or not Under the Silver Lake, what's it called? <laughs> Something silver or something okay. there's there's like 600 of them okay they produced an insane amount of them and there was one um there was a guy who was supposed to be like uh the communist elvis or whatever he was like okay. this american pop star who immigrated to eastern europe and he ended up starring in a bunch of these movies and he would do like uh little songs in Is the middle
1: dean of these- reed?
2: dean reed yes okay. <laughs>
1: I um, no I just googled it. I didn't come up with that on my own. Uh, okay.
2: Uh, he started in a bunch of them and they're they're funny. Like they're fun. But they're um, not, it's not
1: there's no they're not that you don't, you they didn't tri- they didn't make your hidden gems. There's no uh
2: No, they're they're historical curiosities. Okay. But they're not they're not good films.
1: Oh, it looks like this one has Yule Brenner. So did Yule Brenner basically do what Leo did? This audio yeah. Sabata.
2: Yeah, Yule Brenner did a few. Okay.
1: Uh, But was that what was that what was Clint Eastwood really? He wasn't really slumming it, was he? Or was he?
2: Well, he wasn't really big. He was he just had rawhide. He didn't have much much else. That's what made him famous. Okay. All right. That's why people would go over. But then you had people like Joseph Cotton, Mm -hmm. whose whose career wasn't in great shape by the Mm -hmm. sixties. You know, because he was an old guy. So okay. Would it, wasn't go- like,
1: it wasn't like he named names. It was just no. Uh, okay.
2: No, but like a lot of older stars would go over and they would do spaghetti westerns
1: because that seems like a great option. And yeah. I, I wish I wish there was some place for freaking. I was just saying this. this is I wish there's some place for freaking Benicio del Toro to go make westerns <laughs> or uh, <laughs> who's the who's the guy that played Mace Windu? Who's the guy in all the Quentin Tarantino? Uh, Sam Jackson. I, I could. I really, I would like to have like three Benicio del Toro uh, crime movies or Sam Jackson <laughs> crime movies or westerns to 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 watch a year instead of just like nothing. But um, yeah, maybe they don't want to do anything. But yeah, it seems like a a great way to get your Joseph Cotton fix if you're a huge fan. So yeah, okay. So, uh, so okay, this, so. This, yeah, this one has freaking I don't know. I mean, from what I saw is you know it's got the costumes. <laughs> yeah. Um, um so it's Fass- also the it's also the number it on letterbox, it's the number 30. Fa- I mean, obviously fastbender made a ton of films, but it's the number 30 fastbender film down, so it definitely qualifies as a hidden gem.
2: Yeah. Well, um the so fastbenders Part of the film is commenting on these like German Westerns, which were a big part of like German mainstream culture at you know, the time they were being made, the time this film was made. So like those films were what he was competing against in the market. Okay. In Germany. Um, but it's, it's like that and like aspects of the Italian Western and aspects of the American Western. And he does like, Uh, The same He does the same kind of thing he does With like Douglas Sirk movies You know like you would take all these things From American melodramatic Films and like Transfer them through like Marxist aesthetics into this like Way of analyzing post-war Germany And all that But he's doing something similar He's like appropriating all these things from different uh, Traditions of the western And turning it into this Way of trying to think about uh you know power relationships and all this stuff so he's doing he's doing it in a more crude way than in a lot of his other sort of more respected films mm-hmm. but uh i enjoy it because it's it's so uh extreme and so perverse um like there's a lot of like uh there's cross dressing in it and like a lot of the characters are like covered in makeup. So they look like they're like the living dead. And like there's, um, and of course uh, Whitey who's played by uh, Fassbender's, uh old boyfriend, his mother is played by this woman in like with a very fake Afro and like in blackface, And like it's this very like over the top um, almost theatrical way of depicting uh, the Western and like not going through sort of the normal uh more public side of the Western, but like looking at uh the sexual undercurrents that you don't usually get in westerns, okay. so the whole film like all most of the conflicts in the film come out through um the sexual relationships between different parts of this family uh and between uh like whitey and his relationship with uh the saloon girl who's like uh very clearly based on uh the characters marlena dietrich played when she did westerns like *Destry rides again uh i don't know if you've seen that
1: i I haven't no is that oh uh, you should you did that
2: it's uh, a George Marshall. He did uh um, Okay. Cause obviously Jimmy,
1: yeah. I, yeah. I just I yeah I had just seen that. Well do, don't don't spoil your next pick. <laughs> um well Jimmy I mean, Jimmy
2: Stewart stars in uh Destry Rides Again and it's like this weird Western comedy where uh Marlena Dietrich, like this uh saloon woman who like runs basically dominates the town, and all the men are trying to compete for her and compete for to control the town, but then uh like all of the wives in the town end up taking all like it's just it's this very strange um film about like uh sexual power okay that uh is really unique in the in the genre but it's very it's like very funny and jimmy stewart's hilarious in it and,
1: yeah, my well, there seems to be a what are majority of my letterbox friends that give it five stars, <laughs> so yeah. it must have something going for it. Uh, it looks, it, yeah, uh, it's funny. Okay, so, um, but anything? Sorry, I got you sidetracked. But anything else on uh, Whiny? No,
2: I just I like it. It's this very like darkly funny sort of gothic western yeah film.
1: it is gothic yeah that's that's i couldn't i couldn't put my finger on that but it's got a good goth vibe uh, at least in the costumes and stuff so okay and your number four is dirty little billy or maybe, i don't know, what is this the poster no it's dirty little billy billy with billy the kid was a punk clearly influenced by the darker more sinister style of spaghetti westerns dirty little billy offers a unique insight into the beginnings of the notorious outlaw billy the kid Oh boy. Yeah. I guess I didn't really read. I didn't read that. <laughs> I wasn't looking for that in the movie. I didn't realize that when I was watching it, but okay. That makes more sense now. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? I um, don't oh, know. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. This is, this is, this is interesting. This is, this is, this is pretty easy to digest. Um, oh no, this is what I was going to say. Have, I, maybe I, when I was looking at different, these movies, and I just whatever came across I IMDB and I haven't actually looked it up yes, I'm Googling it right now. So maybe I'm crazy. Is there such a thing as acid westerns? Is that yeah. a genre you've ever heard of? Okay, yeah. it seems to be okay. A lot of the ones you like seem to fall into that category. Um, is the most, I guess I see I, I haven't even actually seen El Topo. Are you a big do you like El Topo or is that overrated?
2: I think it's overrated.
1: Okay but it would put like these Monty Hall, or if you just Google acid Westerns, it's got like greasers palace and the shooting and El Topo and ride the whirlwind. And, and I think it had this uh dirty Billy. It was on the list too, but uh, do you have anything, is there anything interesting to say about acid, what about the idea of acid Westerns?
2: Um, well, it's, it's a term that became repopularized after uh Dead Man came out, that Jarmusch movie.
1: Uh, exactly, yeah. So that one is the number one, but I haven't seen that, so I just was leaving that out.
2: Yeah, uh, that's uh, I don't I don't care for it, but I know anything about it? Yeah. But I mean, it's I'm parts of it are funny, but um, yeah, that's that's when uh, I think it was used very casually before that, but then after that film came out, there was like an essay about it, and it like revitalized the term and they sort of went back and tried to categorize a bunch of films under this umbrella term but it wasn't like it wasn't really a, a thing until then it's okay. been sort of artificially created um i don't really find it helpful i mean it just means they're like uh westerns that have sort of things that were more generic to counterculture cinema in them um but you can say that about most revisionist westerns like you can say that about robert altman's westerns or whatever
1: okay. um, uh, do you know what do you know what this is in the poster is this a naval revolver or do you have do you know anything about guns do you know what the do you know what this massive revolver actually was
2: <laughs> i don't know that no
1: yeah okay <laughs> um it has a disproportionate it's a it, 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 it stars heavily in this movie um but yeah uh so it's basically this kid that uh comes out from new york with his mom and his mom's new husband and uh he's not signing up to work on a farm and breaks away and um it's pretty. It's pretty straightforward. Fairly interesting. I think the thing that's hilarious is like you you meet Gary Busey like I don't know three minutes in, and you are like, oh, cool. Gary Busey has like not a big part at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. What 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 are, what are your feelings on on this? Any in general? Not the, aside from acid westerns.
2: Uh, well, I've always liked movies about Billy the Kid, and there is a lot of them.
1: What are the other then, big ones?
2: Uh well, there's the young guns movies. Okay. There's uh Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. There's uh Billy the Kid by King Vidor, there's um the left-handed gun, there's uh a remake of the left-handed gun. I think it's called I think it's just called Billy the Kid or something. Val Kilmer's in it, plays Billy the Kid. There was uh and then there were like uh there's Chisholm. There's uh, and there's some other ones, more obscure ones. An- apparently, I apparently I don't know
1: anything about westerns. they really the kid. <laughs> that was exact. That was a perfect rundown. Thank you. Uh, that was exactly what I wanted. Uh, okay, uh,
2: but I like this one because it's completely different from all of those. Like it doesn't it doesn't go into like range wars and Pat Garrett or any of that thing. It's just like mm-hmm. no, he's just this guy who's like an idiot and he just like, sits in a room and learns how to use a gun yeah <laughs> it's like and there's like lots of mud everywhere yeah
1: sorry no i have seen pat garrett Billy the kid sorry that, that, yeah that's it uh yeah but it's definitely it is definitely an origin story isn't it geez yeah <laughs> uh okay do you have any do you have any feelings for this uh michael j pollard or anything good to say Are you, it, or is it more just you like the movie
2: I like I like him. I think he was fun. Like I think he was yeah. it was a really surprising casting choice. Mm-hmm. Uh and he was in uh four for the apocalypse too, of course. He played uh-huh. the drunk. Um and he gives uh
1: um what do you say? Where was who was Richard Evans play? Goldie. Oh, he was Goldie, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have a, I was, uh, that, that, that got dropped in the first at where apparently I didn't like it as according to my letterbox rating, but I have a, I have a very fond memory of the nickel ride. Uh, but, uh, oh, he's a bit pardon that. Sorry. never mind. Cut that out. Um, but yeah, no, I just assumed that the female lead, because uh, exactly what you said is true. I guess she went on to be in big Wednesday, but, um, but yeah, she's, she's, uh, a highlight um okay yeah yeah it's uh, man they really go over the top of some of the dirt on those faces don't they uh they, yeah. they really they really they really set hard into the atmosphere it's kind of, i thought it was kind of interesting the idea of like whatever the 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 town next door is like going under and so they're trying to and then they they whatever they move into this other town and they basically try to force billy the kid and his his buddy out because um you know, because of this constant theme in these westerns of uh, progress and uh, society, civilization, and society moving in on. So, cool. All right. Well, now we're on to your number three, and this is a this is a real. Uh, real zinger real i would say doozy but doozy noise seemed, normally has a negative connotation but uh red garter <laughs> red garter is with rosemary clooney now so actually i i mean i was um i was raised on musicals so uh this one was this one was a little bit tough the first like three minutes but then from then i was i was based i was completely with it <laughs> I, I i bought in um Uh, did you just put it in here because it's so different or is it's a favorite i saw you posted on twitter the the pick of um of the of the one girl Uh,
2: no i really i really love it i think it's beautiful beautiful strange fun movie uh and there's nothing quite like it in a way uh at least as far as westerns go
0: yeah
1: yeah Okay. Well, I'll tell you your word uh, but- that there's nothing else like it, but I, yeah. I, that's a, is this what, 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 so what, sorry, what years is this from, this is from 90, 54. 1954. And so when did the, um, what do they call it? The, the studio system? When did that stop?
2: Uh that was in the process of going down. Okay.
1: Because so I, I guess I could see how this would be like a real studio system movie where it was like, okay, well, we got all the people. So if you want to do something, George, just yeah, sure, knock it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this came so this came out the same year. Uh Letterboxd has it has it coming out before White Christmas. Um so I mean I enjoyed it and I liked it, but I could also see <laughs> I could also see how it would have like if it had come out after white Christmas, it could have killed Rosemary Clooney's career. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I guess aside from it being a musical and it just being super different and I love the, whatever cards at the beginning saying that, Hey, hey buckle up. This is going to be, this is just going to be what we want a Western to be. And movies, it says something about like, you know, movies shouldn't be more like life. Movies should be more like movies. Um, so they really go out of their way to try and prepare the audience for what they're about to take them through uh for the people that just wandered in on a Saturday and paid for their ticket and sat down to see something uh they're getting yeah. red garters <laughs> red garters <Yeah. laughs> buckle up um, well it's it's all shot uh
2: on sound stages that are very clearly sound stages and like and that um there's no um there's no concession to realism no. on any level in this film like all the fronts of buildings are just fronts of buildings and you can see they're completely empty uh there there are sets that are just um the rudiments of sets so there's just like a windowsill yeah. against like blue and there's all these like monochromatic scene it's basically like
1: the it's basically like the dream sequence from american and paris just <laughs> non-stop uh but yeah or it's, I, I forget i mean i feel like the dream sequence from like isn't there a dream sequence in oklahoma i think so i feel like that is i watched it i haven't now. either it's not like a big it's not a favorite of mine at all but i feel like i feel like the dream sequence in oklahoma is more grounded than this movie <laughs> 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 um but yeah, it's got a great, it's got a great poster. It looks, it looks, it, it reminded me of um, it's almost like uh, um, Umbrellas of Cherbourg tried to like, yeah. tried to do what this movie was doing, except make it realistic, <laughs> more realistic. <laughs> but yeah, the colors, the colors are, the colors are, are great and they're like unique. And they're like, I don't know whoever, I don't know who I needed to see like who, this what this michael fessier writer guy was because he was just yeah it's 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 just all i guess what i'm trying to say is that like it's just like all over the place and i don't i mean it's not all over maybe it's not all over the place but i'm just uh pfg i would you i i feel like this movie should not work at all but i for it yeah i think it totally i don't know it worked for me i it, i think it totally works yeah. it i was i guess i was i was shocked at how Maybe it's it's probably because I watched so many at a young age. My mom liked them, and it was like a, whatever. She felt like it was a safe thing that we could get from the from the library video stack and, and just sit sit us down in front of them and, and go into the kitchen. But like, um, so I think I'm especially susceptible to them. But at the same time, I kind of couldn't believe that like it's such a like crazy movie could like work its uh young boy and girl in love magic on me so easily <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so that i mean guess i guess that's what that's what i i enjoyed out of it or something i mean i, mean, I just I, I thought i was like why the heck am i invested in these characters <laughs> but i am <can. laughs> um
2: No, it's 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 beautiful and funny and weird and um it's just it's a fun movie. Um George Marshall made a bunch of really odd Westerns, so he made Destry Rides Again, uh and he made this. He made uh the petticoat brigade or whatever it's called with Audie Murphy, which again is like it's about Audie Murphy who's like this uh military officer who ends up recruiting all these women to uh uh, fight off uh, a band of people who are attacking them, and it, it, like, like he made these odd, uh, very f- female-oriented westerns that are always like very comical and and uh, play with a lot of the conventions of them in really interesting ways. Um,
1: but at the same time, he made how the West was won
2: he was one of the directors oh of one
1: of the okay okay
2: it was him john ford and uh another guy okay
1: so john ford kind of kept things more on track maybe <laughs> then george would have taken it in a different direction um okay have you seen how the west was one i sorry i mean yeah but i i saw it very probably 20 years ago uh yeah more than that probably 25 years ago is it are you saying it's more campy than uh than what i remember
2: probably henry hathaway was the other guy the other director yeah it is it's strange because it tries to be this sort of um summation of the entire genre and all the sort of storytelling and Mm -hmm. everything that goes that went on in the genre up to that point Mm -hmm. so like um it has like no real plot it's just about this pioneer family and that but they just use them as this like prop to set up all these different like epic scenes that you feel like you've seen a million times, but they're doing, they had a special cinematic process for the film. So it looks really strange. Um, So visually it's like really amazing. And there are all these great like action scenes in it and everything. But like the narrative of the film really takes a background to the technical aspects of the film. So as a film, like as a narrative film, it doesn't work that well. And they have to try to hold it together with this really over the top uh, voiceover from uh, that keeps like coming in every couple of minutes to try to historically contextualize the film. Right.
1: Yeah. Because it's almost just like, hey, we're gonna make it. They could like they could have called the the movie. Yeah. Or, I mean, How the West is Won. They did a pretty good job there. But it's just like, oh, we're gonna explain Manifest Destiny or something. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, and it's a star studded thing. I think. Yeah, it's like a it's like a Bible epic. Yeah, exactly. Western. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. it's a yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's quite it's long enough. Yeah, I, the only thing I remember of it is, I think I think I feel like I've seen it more recently because I listened to this song <laughs> on Spotify, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, but all I really actually remember of it is like Jimmy Stewart getting knocked down into a pit in a cave. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Red Garters, I have a question for you. The girl that you had in that picture with the blue, is she actually singing? Can you tell? I don't I know. Tell. It, seems, it seems like someone know. else is like, uh, okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyhow, I don't know. There's a lot of good aspects. If you like musicals, definitely check out Red Garters. What, uh, anything else that we should mention about it? No, I don't think no. so. Okay, yeah. At least look up definitely if nothing else, look up the poster. Maybe I'll put that in the tweet. That'd be that a good place to squeeze that in. Okay. And we have uh, next we have number two, uh, 1967, Face to Face by Sergio. Selimba. Okay. Uh, this is so this is basically about a, a school teacher that uh goes west for his health it goes west because he's gonna die and and uh gets uh unwittingly uh roped in or, or meets up with a outlaw and uh kind of goes through a transformation of sorts and uh yeah well what do you like about this one pfg um
2: I like the um like there were a bunch of uh Italian westerns that were much more um self-consciously political uh because they were made by Marxist directors so they used uh stories of the west as a way to talk about uh capitalism and peasants and all these things uh and there's a there's a bunch of them they're usually called zapatista westerns but i like this one cuz it it uh it's much more skeptical about all of that and i like it because uh i think the two leads are really good their performances are really good and they're really uh the film is trying to sort of ask questions about um how history works because he's like a he's a history professor and they set him up as like this kind of um very optimistic uh progressive guy Mm. at the start and then by the end of the film he's turned into this like uh pessimistic nietzschean guy yeah that's good (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. like so there's this which is a completely unusual uh character trajectory in western
1: (laughs) totally is but i was there for it
2: um so i think of all the films i picked this is the one i picked mostly for uh the character development um because i think it it does that in a way that's completely unusual uh for most westerns and just him uh playing against uh uh the other guy uh, so Brad is the professor and Bennett is the
1: um, Is it Brad Fletcher? Uh, What's it? It's it's pretty yeah. funny. That's a yeah. funny choice of names. Come on, Brad. You're like thinking of a Brad Eastanella's novel, and you're no, you're in a spaghetti western. Yeah. And the
2: other guy's name is Beauregard Bennett. Right. Which I'm, and he's he's supposed to be a southern guy, but he's like played by a Cuban and he's like very, very Latin. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever. The
1: funny thing is, I just I went with Beauregard Bennett, but like Brad was too much for me. That's where I drew a line. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, because it's like it's the name of someone's fiance or yeah. something.
1: Um, yeah. The, this uh, this was pretty. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, what I like. One thing I liked about this is like multiple times, just like. I felt like major stuff just like happened off screen. So, yeah, but I thought that, but that was kind of like, great. Cause sometimes you're like, okay, I know what they're going to do next. I guess we're going to go do the blah, blah, blah. But like when that just like, okay, yeah, we're done with that. We did that. It's like, okay, wow. I don't know. It's some, some, that kind of un, unexpectedness Um, where uh, pulled me in uh, and like kept me paying attention and kept, you know, kind of i felt like kept it fresh um so i appreciated that um and then when at one point maybe is this is this the turning point maybe the turning points already happen in the movie or brad is going to it almost feels like Beauregard regard when, when brad starts to assert himself in the gang and uh he he basically rapes this guy's girlfriend <laughs> Yeah. And then the guy, I mean
2: it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, you know, whatever, you know, it's it's one of these uh, really attractive Italian gals that they put in these westerns. And uh or I mean, I mean, she's just kind of like whatever. Um that's I guess the average is very high in these westerns. Um, um so he rapes her and <laughs> And then when her boyfriend realizes what's happening he, brad says to his boyfriend his boyfriend wants to beat the crap out of him brad says let's be adult about this <laughs> <laughs> I, like i think i think he is um uh, but yeah so that was that was a good a good bit um yeah at the beginning again not not so quite as overt as the olive oil scene but like uh the the beginning when he's a history teacher they have like just this amazing glorious like just unmistakably old world thick stone room with these huge beautiful desks that the students are sitting at (laughs) And uh you know it looks like something that uh, whatever Visconti or whatever movie or something like that, the the leopard or something like that, and uh and it's supposed to be whatever it's supposed to be Princeton or something like that it was kind of funny. It was supposed to be it's supposed to be somewhere on the East Coast. It's like no, this is definitely definitely old world, but um, but yeah, that's a it's a good flick. I think I think the thing that was um throwing me more off, and I was maybe if I was sounding like just uh, thinking that, the, that some of these spaghetti westerns were just uh, whatever threw me for a loop. I'm looking back at the list now and it was really only four for the apocalypse and then cemetery without crosses kind of like you know it ended in a in a in a predictable way for a western or a noir but like I'm always holding out hope that like it's not gonna end that way type of thing um Mm. so i guess i'm looking back on it now i'm i feel uh i feel like more like i'm much more grounded in your picks and (laughs) and maybe not i kind of gave a i don't know gave a whatever whatever my my My. my, i was misremembering so uh yeah Uh, anything about face-to-face before we go on to your number one uh
2: no i just i think it's a really enjoyable, concise, unusual film. Um, I'm actually, I'm surprised I picked it because uh, it's so, uh, I think it's very coherent and I usually like films that are a little more incoherent, but.
1: Mm Yeah,
2: okay. But it's good, it's fun. It's. uh... All right, Uh,
1: perfect and uh th- 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 so i i wonder uh so this is oh yeah um and the number one is El perro 1970 yeah. 1969 um so i i would i like i like for my guests to have it be a to you know have have it not just be a, a grouping of five and actually have it be um uh whatever, have there be a hierarchy to it uh, or take the ordinal aspect seriously. Is, would you say, do you, do you think El is it, is it El, Por, El poro your more favorite than these other ones? Or-
2: I don't know that it's, I don't know, like I would watch them based on the mood I was in okay. because I think they each have a very different mood. But I like each of them because because they have a very particular kind of atmosphere, and because they're doing something unusual with the genre and with uh, characterization that I think is very unique to that specific film, and that's why I would watch them. But I don't I don't think of them as like um, uh, in competition with each sure. other. That's fine. Like, because uh, they're each extremely different films, right? Like Red Garters and El No, yeah. I guess I was
1: more, I was kind of more thinking of the spaghetti westerns, you know, like obviously with there, there's some, some more similarities there, but even some of them are more straightforward than some of the kind of more experimental or ones that are going for something completely different. Um, but that, No, that's fine. That's fine uh so what the alternate title for this is the rewards yours the man's mine an alcoholic gunman hunted down by five pitiless bounty hunters is sheltered by a saloon dancer when his enemies kill the girl the outlaw pulls himself together and faces his adversaries and takes his revenge in a final showdown an interesting take on the reluctant gunfighter theme contains some truly surprising twists oh my god I think this is the longest. This is like you know they whatever they talk about the character arc in movies or something like this. Like this is the, this is they push they push the alcoholic redemption story. They push that arc as late into the like he doesn't get sober until there's like ten minutes left. Um, Yeah, I thought so. I thought that was that was something completely different. Uh, I could be I could be exaggerating there, but um, yeah uh and el perro does that mean like cigar or something in spanish oh did i lose you sorry i heard you think that oh. was not an interesting point <laughs> oh i don't know yeah, i don't know okay that's fine um yeah it's got some it's got some good good lines it's uh he's he's doesn't have any money to give the prostitute he says all i can give you is a smile um (laughs) and uh apparently this has a a unscripted uh gay kiss that was maybe a big deal yeah um
2: it might it might be one of the it's one of the few in in western yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah yeah um uh yeah oh and uh, there's a he's like oiling his holster i guess i guess that makes sense for like a a quicker quicker uh quicker slip um i didn't i think i watched this on youtube and um the youtube the youtube picture is like a spoiler for the ending scene of the movie So I was like, oh, this guy, this guy hasn't popped up yet. Uh when's he? Yeah. So there's always a little bit of a little bit of a theme of, of downer endings in some of these spaghetti westerns. Um but yeah. Um it's uh it's, it's fun, it's it's good stuff. Um but yeah, uh anything else to say about uh the reward el puro or uh or any of the other ones that you think you left out uh to kind of put a an end cap on on your western selections. Maybe that's too much to ask. Uh,
2: I don't know. Uh El Piro I like because um I mean for a lot of the reasons I like a lot of these movies. Like it has a very specific atmosphere and world to it. Like the kind of uh the grain of the wood that you see in a lot of the scenes. Mm is very unique to that film and like uh the wallpaper uh the fact that uh the lead actor is very clearly stealing all these things from clint eastwood and trying to make them his own but he does it in a completely different way from the way that hossein does it because he also tries to steal all these things from eastwood and do it in his own way like what exactly i'm daft like uh the way they smoke the way they wear their hat okay the way they the way they move in a lot of scenes and just
1: kind of the long Uh, lankiness really playing into leaning into that
2: yeah so they're playing with um this sort of new image of a gunfighter and trying to push it in very different directions so in this one like just making him a Uh, a drunk and like showing him like it's a joke because like they show him in his long underwear in the woods and all this stuff in this one uh, they really sort of uh, make the film about like his body and like how his body is like dealing with this atmosphere it's been put in like how it's reacting to it so the whole film becomes about him like rebuilding himself physically and then at the end he's just like this dandy riding off yeah Um so I like I like that about it. I like that um he's just like this loser who hangs out with prostitutes. (laughs) So but so he (laughs) yes, he's
1: but he's been like whatever, he's famous and he's been whatever, he's been going nuts, but he's whatever. He's if he he's for some reason he thinks he's reached the end of the line and he's just giving himself fully over to his alcoholism and i guess i'm just saying like they're doing like the double vision alcoholist look like so late into the movie when i i thought like surely surely he's um needs to be fully on to revenge into revenge mode now but um yeah cool um so
2: and i like uh, a lot of the acting in yeah. it which is just strange because there are all these scenes where, like, the actors don't actually talk to each other. They're just looking out and talking, and they're not really communicating with each other at all. And they'll just have these, like, long, disjointed... uh, They're almost just, like, soliloquies, especially with, like, the psychotic leader of the gang that's going after them. Like, there's a scene where he just goes out and starts shooting in the woods and screaming and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I guess I thought they were gonna that was gonna go somewhere, (laughs) yeah, 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 um, yeah, there's a lot of good different sets and stuff, and uh,
2: and there's all those taxidermied animals on the sets.
1: I don't think I noticed that. I did, I did notice that the babe, the her name is actually Babe, the bartender, is like, you know, they just like. They don't like. She's not like a big character. She's not anything, but she's just this ridiculously, uh, very Italian, uh, beautiful actress. <laughs> that just, they just seems like they just had hanging around. So, uh, they're like, yeah, well, why don't we? Why don't we use her? Um, so, uh, yeah. and he, whatever. He's just sitting in his. It's very. Uh, Relaxed at the end of he's just completely sobered up and just kind of sits in his chair and waits for the bad guys but uh, cool do you have any yeah do you have any, do you have any honorable mentions or anything anything else to any other thoughts on on westerns in general or, um, or any, uh unified theory of PFG's west love for westerns
2: well, I love them because they can do anything. Like you can you can do anything in a western, in a way that you can't in most kinds of films. Like they're incredibly eclectic, um, and they're just uh, like they have so there's so many subgenres to it, and it changes so much from decade to decade that it, like every like you can go in so many different trajectories with it and be, it becomes something completely, completely different, even while it's using many, much of the same sort of like mythological structure, or sort of uh, generic archetypes and things. Uh, there's so much uh, eccentricity within it. Sure. All the same. Yeah. I think I, I think um, I
1: obviously, you know, I noticed the, whatever the mirror it is for the whatever the 70s ones or something and and, but that got rounded out a little bit more now just with like kind of seeing the whatever the mirror that the italians are holding up um whatever kind of to themselves or to their own ideas um but yeah very cool well i'm gonna i'm trying to rope you back in because i've got i've got pfg's uh favorites just for, for overall movies. Right. I mean, that's what you've given me. Oh yeah. 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 So I've got, so I've got those and I'm pretty um, yeah. Pretty excited to get into those. Um, but yeah. So hopefully I can, I can, I can rope you back in here uh not too soft, not too long. Not too long um, Cause it's the perfect, the perfect thing. It's, it's nice to have uh it's nice to have a, a, a good list of movies to just, dig into and i can i can feel like i'm watching a movie but i'm also like oh this has this has purpose behind it god damn it <laughs> uh so yeah it's just fun to fun to be able to, to, to chat and talk about it. um but yeah cool well uh thanks thanks for your picks and thanks for uh exposing me to yeah exposing me to those and uh thanks for coming on and and i guess uh i guess that's it and uh I hope you have a good good afternoon.
2: Well, thank you for having me.
1: Appreciate it.